Jay Rice Show every Wednesday here from 8 to 9. And despite uh, Salk doing a terrible job of setting this up last week, I'm here as well. Because, so Brock, we listened to this last week. Huh. KJ, you asked. You're like, wait, you're not going to be here. Yeah, so yeah, just yeah. Uh, just Brock and I. And Salk was like, yeah, yeah, just you two. So then, <laughs> were you surprised you walked in? You're like, who? All right, there's well, some no, other they, guy. They gave here. me a heads up. They yeah. gave me a heads up you were coming in. Okay. Yeah, I knew you were in Salk the building. Salk didn't, though. I know. Yeah. Isn't it crazy, KJ, when you look at Lefko, that he played guard for Notre Dame in the 70s? You played guard? No, we're going to pull that joke because when Malcolm Smith when Malcolm Smith joins us, I was telling Brock, I was like, what do, what do I do here? You guys are all NFL players, and I'm Lefko, so either I can just sit it out or I can be like, hey, Malcolm, you know, we're all NFL players here, and oh, pretend, no, yeah. pretend like uh, we all play in the league. No, you can chime in, man. man no, Malcolm's cool, man. And then Brock was saying, yeah, you sound like you could have been a guard in the 70s for Notre Dame. Yeah. I can see not it, not the look, no. See, he's not. He's going to be on the phone, so he, he doesn't have to know. Yeah. So that was a hundred pounds ago, and back in the seventies, that was a guard for Notre Dame. I love That's it. Right. He'll believe it. He'll yeah. Believe hey, it. hey, what did you do during bye weeks, KJ? We played some sound to Pete uh, just uh, last hour, talking about hey, making sure we crank guys back up to a hundred. We don't go zero to hundred right. right away. What did you typically do, and, and was it different your rookie year to maybe year 10, 11 in the league? Yes, I always loved bye week. They always gave us the entire week off. And, um, yeah, I always suggested to my guys, guys, make sure you get two workouts in. Get two workouts in. Don't just sit on the couch eating potato chips and cookies. Make sure you keep your body in shape. Don't don't go too crazy, but get some sweating in. And one year I had this brilliant idea to take my family to Alaska the first week of November. One of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst ideas I could have thought. I was like, hey, babe, I've never been to Alaska. You want, you want to go check out Alaska? She was like, no. I was like, I think we should go. We're just going anyway. And we went. It was a disaster. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. So I, I've had some some good bye weeks. I had some not so memorable bye weeks as well. You were, were you not the tropical guy? Were you ever going to Hawaii she, or Cabo? That's what, she, that's what she said. She's like, let's go to Hawaii. Let's go to Cabo. I'm like, babe. That seems like it would make sense. Get yeah. out of Seattle in a bye week. I know. It made complete sense, but I wasn't thinking straight. Man. And um, we, at least, we at least saw some Oracle webs. We saw some Oracles. That was a good time. But, um, yeah, she didn't have fun. Yeah, Alaska is more June, July. I know. Uh, I know. Probably <laughs> not the three hours of sunlight in November or whatever I, you get. I learned the hard way. Hey, uh, quick question here, because I know you guys really got into this last week, talking about Geno Smith. And mm-hmm. then it came out a couple days later. So Brady Henderson joined mm-hmm. Salk. He was filling in for Brock, and he threw out a number it was kind of surprising. I don't know if you've heard this, a number it might cost to kind of re-sign Geno Smith, but here's what Brady said it might cost to re-sign Geno. I want to know if your thoughts have changed now about what the Seahawks should do after hearing this number. Yeah, talk to yeah I'm going to say $33 million per year, and I'm not entirely pulling that number out of nowhere. It is loosely based on the franchise tag, and you know, when we hear uh, conversations about potential negotiations like this, we, we think of... Uh, you know, teams using the franchise tag as leverage against the player, but that can also sort of work the other way around here. So thirty-three million. I love it. <laughs> Great for Gino, right? Like, go I, get I, that I, bag. I, I said this a while ago. The longer you wait, the more the price tag goes up. I said this around week five. I said twenty. I said you know two for two for forty. I believe that would be phenomenal. But the longer you wait, the better he continues to play. The more he gets comfortable, the more he makes this playoff push. The price is the price. The price is the price, and I'm so happy for him. This just, first of all, it's just a great story. Yeah. Here you are, your tenth year. It's been you've been a backup most of the time, and here you are about to potentially sign a multi-million 
dollar contract to set yourself up, set your grandkids up for the rest of their lives. And so I'm super happy, happy for him. I hope he finishes okay, well. Hold on. Hold your horses over um, I'm there. I'm excited, Brock. I'm excited. Like like William Wallace and Braveheart. Hold, <laughs> hold, hold your horses over there. All right, okay. You're no longer a player now. Now you're an analyst, and and now it's about the team. Okay, now now it's about the the name on the front of the jersey, not mm-hmm. the back of the jersey. All right, yeah, talk to me. So if you're the organization, is thirty three million a year the move that you want to step into and, and the move you want to make after you just kind of cleared the books of Russell's 35, 36, 40 million a year. Is that, is that best business practice for the yeah. team moving forward? If, if I'm, if I'm a manager, I'm looking at my roster. I'm looking at the talent that I have on this team. I believe that we have a roster to compete for a championship, right? And if I'm looking at the quarterback position in my brain, I do not want to hit the reset button with a rookie quarterback Mm -hmm. i want to still draft a rookie quarterback and there's some great there's some really good ones out here i still want to draft a quarterback but i do not want to go into the 2023 season with a rookie quarterback starting week one so let me get gino locked up let me lock him up let me communicate well with gino hey gino we love you we're going to pay you at the same time we have to prepare for the future don't be surprised if we draft a quarterback there's a lot of good ones don't be surprised and so I'm still paying the man, but I'm still drafting a quarterback for the for next foreseeable 10 years. Well, I'll say there's something uh, in between those two as well, KJ, because at every turn when Pete has been asked, he's been asked two or three different times. Oh, he was asked, right. he was, yes, I am, because I think it is a legitimate deal. And it's certainly what the organization would say back to Gino and his representatives. If that's the number they're starting with, they're going to say, hey. I get it. He's been awesome, and we do want to reward him, but we're not going to go down that far Mm. because we were the ones that developed Gino. We were the ones that built him up. We're the ones that did something that nobody else saw coming this season. And, oh, by the way, we love Drew Locke, and we've loved him all the way along because every time Gino's mentioned KJ, you've heard Pete say the same thing, and we love Drew, and we love Mm. Drew. And I asked Pete about that last week. And he said, yeah, I mean, what you don't get to see is him competing every day and balling and pushing. And part of the reason Gino's playing this great is he knows this dude is right behind him, right on his heels as well. Uh, you know what, bro? You know what you sound like? That's that GM talk that, that they hear. And those are those <laughs> mind games that they use when it's time to negotiate a contract. That's what, that's what we're going to use it, Gino. Gino, we like Drew Lock. Gino, we developed you. We groomed you to get that price down. I've been down that road. Everyone's been down the road, and some guys fall for it, and some guys like, I hear you, but nah, I need you to cut that check. I need you to cut that check. I hear all the things you're saying, but what I put on tape for the 2022 season, I no, I'm not going to say this. We did that, but I was the one that's out there playing and put up those numbers, so I hear that stuff. Okay. Cut the check. Could but that get know- a little frustrating, though? Could it get to, not contentious, but could it get to a point where there's frustrations that emerge? Because Gino's uh-huh. going to want this payday. He oh, deserves it. Brock, you threw out there, he's only made $13 million total in his career. Listen, so he's going to want his payday. Listen. And the Seahawks come to him, <laughs> and the Seahawks come to him and say, well, we don't think you're worth that. Listen, Would that cause some frustration? Negotiating contracts is probably one of the most frustrating things. What, what they do is, in the beginning, they just throw this number out there to just give you the most ultimate disrespect. Now, you believe I'm worth four years, $2 million? Is that what you're telling me? It's something just so ridiculous. Yeah, you're terrible. (laughs) We're not going to even entertain this. And it's so frustrating because you see yourself like I'm such a valuable asset to this organization. But on their end, yes, you are a valuable asset to this organization. But at the same time, we have other guys we have to take care of. And it is their jobs to get that price as small as possible. 
that is that is their job. And so it can get iffy. It can get frustrating. It can be, you know, a lot of anger built up. At the end of the day, it's a business, and it is what it is. Hey, KJ, we're going to bring Malcolm Smith on. You remember what happened with me, Bane, last time? You, you kept interrupting me, Bane. I know. I know. Okay. Today with Malcolm, can we all try to like not interrupt him together? I'm not pointing fingers. I'm saying we. I'm saying we. Can we make can we make sure that we let Malcolm the collective we? Okay, that's right. The collective we. I'm gonna let him talk. Okay, we'll let him talk. So we'll let him talk. Malcolm, you introduce him. You introduce him because you're so good at that. Like your your introduction to me, Bane, was so good, and I I know you're prepped and ready to do that here too. Got you. This I got is you. perfect. I don't need to be here for this next segment when all future and former, when all former NFL players are out there, and uh, you know, I'll step aside. No, we're gonna have some great football <laughs> talk coming up. Malcolm Smith's gonna join us uh, here. It's the KJ Road Show on the Brock and Salk Show. You'll see Seattle Sports Station on seven ten and the Seattle Sports app. This this is Brock and Salk, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from six to ten on Seattle Sports Station. Well, it's a Wednesday, so you know KJ's here. So we have yes, me, Mike Lefko, Brock Hewitt. We got KJ Wright. And KJ, we got a, we got another guy who you know pretty well joining us right now. Hey, we have a very, very special guest today. And we got to give my guy a proper introduction. Let me introduce uh-huh. my guy real quick. Let's do it. Coming out of Taft High School, making his way to the USC Trojans, drafted in the seventh round by the Seattle Seahawks, 11-year NFL bet, Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP. 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 He's a father. He's a husband. My dog. My old roommate. My first roommate in the NFL. Malcolm Xavier Smith. Malcolm, what up, brother? Uh, oh, not the middle name. <laughs> hey, I got to throw that in there. How you, how you doing, dog? What's up? I'm, I'm doing great, man. It's good to hear from you guys this morning. Likewise, man. Likewise. So, Mal, now here we go. So, when I say Super Bowl MVP, there's only 45 like 48 players on the planet that could call themselves Super Bowl MVP. When you went to bed the night before the Super Bowl, could you ever imagine that you would have that kind of performance and be amongst those legends? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not Super Bowl, not a Super Bowl MVP performance, but I felt good about the game plan. You know? yeah. I felt really good about our chances, and I felt really good about my body, I was ready to go, but yeah. come on now. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. As a defensive player. <laughs> hey, no, they, they brought that little paper around the sign and say, hey, if you win Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> we'll give you $5,000, and you scream to the camera. I was like, you sure, I'll sign it. I'm not winning it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and now, now, what's the perks that come with it? You win Super Bowl. We know that the truck comes with it. What, what What's the perks that come with being a Super Bowl MVP? Well, I had to renegotiate that contract for sure <laughs> right after that. But um, I'm, I went on a tour. You know, I was, we did TV stuff. You do the, the Disneyland experience. And obviously now we, we still get tickets to Disneyland, so I can't wait to take my kids there in a couple of weeks for Christmas. Hey, and, uh, nice. The truck and all that. So I love it. The gift that keeps giving. I love it. I love it. More surprised, Malcolm, that you were a Super Bowl MVP or the Pete Carroll and John Schneider have rebuilt this thing and turned the Seahawk program without Russell Wilson this fast. <laughs> um, they're about the same. The, the odds <laughs> of that happening before the season, I know me and KJ talked, and um, I wouldn't have seen it coming. I, I thought that they were on their last leg, to be honest with you, and I thought there would have been a serious change of the guard at the end of the season, halfway through the season. But um, you got to commend Pete and John for what they've done and, Trust in Gino that they've been far beyond anybody's expectations, I think. 
Yeah, I think that was a common thought, though, so that's okay. I think, what, you were the only one, KJ, yeah. who oh, was yeah. high on him. I was the only one. The only one. I said, mm-hmm. I said nine wins. There you go. And they called me crazy. <laughs> the rest of us, I mean, the, the rest of us weren't too convinced. So that's all right, Malcolm. We all shared that sentiment. Okay, he's, a, he's, he's a visionary. So <laughs> Got to give him credit there. Yeah. Okay. So, Mel, take us back. Take us back. You, you're in high school, right? Four four star athlete coming out of Taft High School. Um, you're about to commit to the Trojans. Um, Coach Norin comes to see you play. And he's always tell the story about you hurting your ankle. What went What went into you committing to playing at USC with Coach Carroll? And what is this man's it factor when it comes to his success? You play with him in college. You play with him in the pros. What is this it factor, and how is this man so successful? I mean, for me, it, it was just a homegrown type thing, so it was easy for me to go there. But once I got there, I realized how Coach Carroll maximized every single person on the team's mm-hmm. abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows how to press the buttons to get guys motivated. He's always going to keep your attitude at a certain level, and he's going to keep you competing with each other um, to get better without you even knowing it. Yeah. Uh, so, so. I remember getting there in Seattle and hearing the same stories for the third and fourth time. Um, and for me, it was just like I adapted to kind of the attitude of the team. And for a lot of guys, it was their first time being pushed by a coach like that or being inspired mm-hmm. or motivated by a coach. So I think um, he's always going to get the best out of his guys. He's always said that even when I was in college, when guys would go to the league and they didn't perform as well, he said, we get the best out of you here. And when guys yeah. would leave Seattle and go play somewhere else, do you remember that, how he would say, mm-hmm. so guys it- don't play like they used to yeah so if back in january malcolm jody allen the now owner uh, was taking over the the reins from her late uh, her late brother who you two played for and paul allen if jody would have said hey super bowl mvp malcolm i'm gonna fly you up i want to spend some time with you and i'm gonna ask you this question and this was the question back in january what direction would you go would you go the russell wilson direction and keep the franchise qb and, and extend him further and make some changes around him? Because as you said, it wasn't working. They were all on their last legs. Or do you still believe that Pete and John can do this and turn this thing around? If you were to have given, your, given her your counsel back in January, what direction would you have picked? I would have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I might have you know, had the thought to keep Russell around. Um, but you don't know what kind of coach you're going to get, honestly, especially the way these teams have gone after these offensive gurus. They just don't have the team impact like you need to have success like Coach Carroll has. So um, I probably would have been wrong, but you have to look at the resume that Coach Carroll's had and look at the players that he's crafted into these uh, potential Hall of Fame players that you know today and who they were before that. Um, you got to give them a ton of credit for that. Hey, uh, Malcolm, I think KJ last week was comparing this rookie class <laughs> and this group to uh, the stretch you guys had and the, the building that this team did in 2010, 2011, and 2012. When you see these young rookies, does this class remind you of you guys when you were coming up? Uh, yes, yes and no. What we kind of bought or you know got free agents for was the defensive line. Um, and I think that's what's missing from this team's just general that mm-hmm. that power that comes from having an awesome defensive line, especially deep in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, as far as the skill positions go, the, the the guys on the perimeter, absolutely, they they they've got a great group. They've got you know just as much talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they can have the same cohesion 
you could be looking at a team that could be playing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, Malk, we got a big-time matchup this week. The Seahawks take on the Raiders. There's so many matchups in this game. You got Josh Jacobs versus Jordan Brooks. You got Max Crosby versus the right tackle. Devontae Adams versus rookie sensation Tariq Woolen. What are you seeing in this game, and, and what matchups are you looking forward to seeing versus Seahawks versus Raiders? I'm definitely looking on the perimeter to see Devontae and how Tariq handles it and um, if they're able to slow him down at all. But, uh, you know, the, the Raiders are still predicted to win this game. I think that should be yeah. something that's on the guy's radar because, uh, you know, you're having success. You've got to show people and prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely looking at perimeter matchup. I would love to see the Seahawks uh, defense slow the run down and, and play really well there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. To, to me, it's not that hard. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I, you got to double-team the man every single play. Cloud him with a corner on third downs, double-team him, make him beat you some kind of way. If you're D coordinator, like, what's your game plan to slow down Devontae Adams in, in, this, in this high-explosive offense? You should have success doing that because it's not like they have a ton of weapons that are going crazy. Um, if you can stop Devontae, you have a really good chance of winning the game. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't think that, I don't think the challenge is, is that big there for them. Um, so I would expect some double teams. I, yeah. I don't think you pressure Derek Carr as much. I think you want to sit back and uh, let let four rush and see what mm-hmm. happens there. But cover the man. Try to cover the man. You have <laughs> yeah. to put two on him because otherwise yeah. he's going to embarrass you. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on a rookie to think that he's going to step up and, mm-hmm. and stop the best receiver in the game. Mm-hmm. So make it easy on him. Okay, la- last thing for me, Malcolm. Do you ever imagine K.J. Wright, media mogul, <laughs> media star? <laughs> You know what? <laughs> After about five years, you can see like, oh, KJ likes this media stuff. You know, <laughs> it's for him, and he does he does a great job with it. I love you know listening to his takes, and um, even when they sound crazy nine months before, <laughs> you know, he sees it coming. Um, I, it, it's been fun to see him grow into the media person that he is today, and I can't see where he, can't wait to see where he goes with it. <laughs> yeah. Malk, man, I appreciate you, man. Hey, hands down, the greatest roommate I ever had. I didn't know what the calamari was until I came to Seattle. Oh, really? And Malcolm ordered some calamari. I'm like, bro, what is, what is calamari? He's like, man, you're from Mississippi, yeah. man. You don't know nothing about this calamari. But, uh, man, we had a good time, man. Love you, dog, bro. Thank you so much for hopping on with us, bro. And we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. You guys take care. All right, dog. Thanks, Malcolm. Well, you like calamari now, right? I love calamari. Yeah. Well, Malcolm, so, he ordered it in the room. I'm like, bro, what is that? That might have been his greatest contribution. Not Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> yeah. but introducing you to calamari. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. KJ, like, KJ, like, well done, man. Thank you. Well, I, I interrupted. Like, I, there you I go. Heard, I heard you. Yeah. I heard you. Yep. I, I messed it up. <laughs> Recoil. Look at you. you don't, you're not a repeat mistake guy. You're I'm just, a quick learner, man. You are, man. He's ready to replace both of us. So no, pretty, pretty much. no, I don't know. Salk might not come back next week. No. Salk was out this week. He's gonna try to come back. It's just gonna be like KJ's like, nah, Brock and I got this. We got a good text from the two of six. It said the KJ Wright and Malcolm Smith together are great. The NFL roommates podcast incoming. There we go. Oh, oh, nice. wow. sound like a plan. He right. was clean too, wasn't he? Were you? Was he a clean roommate? Like oh, great, great roommates are yes. the. The cleanest on-time roommates, aren't they? Absolutely. If I overslept, he would wake me up. Hey, bro, let's go. Let's go. Our rookie year, Aaron Curry, let us borrow his truck. So we was all riding together, cruising the city of Seattle. We had a great time. All right, that was that was good. We could have done that for an hour. We have more to get to, though. We're going to dive into this Seahawks-Raiders matchup and give kind of some predictions and what we want to see out of the second half of the season. Now, this hour is driven by Wayscar Ford. Brock and Salk Show, you're listening to Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app.
This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. KJ's here. I'm here. Probably don't recognize my voice as much as his. Mike Lefko here with you, along with Brock Heward. Man, how good is Malcolm? You two, you two could just chop it up That's for, the, my for the whole show. That's my guy, man. Yeah. Love him. First, first dude I met when I got here. And uh, we was with each other uh, a couple months ago at Mike Morgan's wedding. And, um... Would have met Cabo last year, like solid dude, man, awesome person, awesome family man. You know. How dude. long were you guys roommates for? We in the Seattle you had to be a roommate for four years. Oh, really? <laughs> it, it was way too long. But uh I think you had to be a roommate for four years. Wow. And um night before the games, you know, on the roads. And uh we lived in the same apartment uh complex. He was right across the way from me. So day one since since the beginning. You know what jumps out, KJ, between you and him, me Bane? I think hopefully this year maybe we'll get Sherman before that Niners game mid-December, is I think a lot of folks on the outside thought, oh, this is such a simple system. I mean, all they do is play cover one, cover three. Like, it's so simple. And yet you realize the secret sauce with your group was just the incredibly high football IQ. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Just the, the acumen to get the details, to understand the, all the nuance and mm-hmm. all the aspects of the game. I bet you if, if you brought on all your former starters on that group, and even backups for that matter, right, there was just a different level of processing. Mm-hmm. And, you fe- and you hear it, A, you know, in this hour that we get with you every week, but both with me, Bain, and with Malcolm right there, that just jumped out to me, man, understanding mm-hmm. the details of your guys' defenses. Yep, we get a lot of credit for how fast and physical we were, but the, the football IQ, the way that we was able to make those big hits is because we knew what was coming. Teams tried to throw so much at us, but we understood our system so well. There is nothing you can do because we are literally in sync, and we are literally watched so much film, and we know what you're going to do it before you even snap the football and so just our communication, our football IQ, a secret sauce that we had is our love for one another. Like we genuinely like Malcolm, that's my guy. Brandon Meebang, that's my guy. And when you play with guys you love and respect, you know, it just raises your game that much more. I'd be very curious to uh, kind of pick the brain of an offensive coordinator who had to deal with that. Because you, well. you were saying, well, we didn't care. We knew what they were going to do. We knew how to beat it. So for an offensive coordinator who was trying to game plan for that, how frustrated do you think that was probably for those guys? Like, well, it's the Seahawks. Okay, we have no chance. I'm, I'm telling you, and I was talking to, um, I think I was talking to Bobby the other day. He was like, he talked to one guy. He was like, we know that wherever KJ Wright is, we cannot run it. Let's not even try to run a screen on his side. And so they knew guys' strength, and they knew like, okay, what can we possibly come up with to try to have some success? I believe that the the guy that had a lot of success against us was Kyle Shanahan. I would love to sit down with him in the meeting room mm-hmm. and just go back and forth. Like, what do you see how are you attacking this cover four how are you attacking this cover three we see in this run game because he's one of the best to ever do it well if you couldn't run you had no chance yeah absolutely i mean you, you had to you had to try to move people and i love what malcolm said and, and he's absolutely right like in the weeks to come the years to come and i know we got some fun stuff to look at, at this, this final seven weeks here but adding to this d-line making sure that group is dominant. Because he knows, mm-hmm. like in the playoffs, yeah, you guys were fantastic on the back end of it. Yep. But it starts and ends when you have a dominant, dominant group up front, which yep. you guys certainly did in those years. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this last week, Brock. We said if you were to draft somebody in the first round, you got to go D-line. That's where it all starts. It starts up front, controlling the line of scrimmage, controlling the run game, getting pressure up the middle versus passes, pressure off the edge um, to get these quarterbacks. And that's the name of the game, controlling the interior – 
offensive line, defensive line. That's where you got to go. And that's where our strength was. You had Big Red. You had Brandon Meebang. You had Clem coming off the edge. And we just had such a unique group up front. The backups were just as good as the starters. And so you that's so rare. You don't see that too much. And that's what we had. And that's what really and helped Cliff us become. And, and Cliff and Bennett come into the fold in free didn't, agency. Yeah. Didn't even deals. start. Didn't uh-uh. even start. And so that's what made us so special, man. And this group, this group can get that D line, like Malcolm said, where we were back in the day. They're going to be a Super Bowl caliber defense. Yeah, they're close. All right. Well, I do want to look at uh, this current team, kind of make some projections because the bye is kind of a good reset, right? It's, yeah. It's not technically the second half of the season. They're more than halfway through, but you have this next chunk, this final stretch after the bye. For you guys, who do you think? Out of players who have performed well, who do you think is most likely to keep performing at that level? I know some were surprising. Like Geno Smith, at first it seemed surprising. But out of guys who have had a great start to the season, mm-hmm. who are you most confident in that they'll match that over this back half? I'm, I'm confident in Chenna. That's, that's been my guy since he first came on the scene. You just see like he is the alpha male up front. He sets the tone versus the run game. He brings the energy and the dominance that you're looking for. I need for Chenna to keep this thing going. I need him to finish finish this last stretch solid I need him to bring guys along with him to help match his energy and his intensity so he's been one of my favorite guys up front and so with with him he's done a fantastic job these first few weeks I need him to finish strong to make this strong playoff push I think he may have been most neutralized with the field in Munich yeah oh absolutely Pete wasn't going to make total excuses about it but you know we had heard his name and number called every single game week in and week out and it just felt like he could never on that field get started. I'll say for me on that one, it's, and this is going to warm KJ's heart, but it's Jordan Brooks. Mm-hmm. And, and Pete said to us a couple of weeks ago when we asked about him, he's like, man, you guys don't, you don't see the work. I mean, he is in here on Tuesdays. He is a sponge. He is, mm-hmm. he's taken over this green dot middle linebacker mm-hmm. spot and he's running with it and getting more and more and more comfortable and with home games. And more of them in in this final seven game stretch to feed off the guys up front who are going to get off the ball at home better than they do typically on the road. I expect Jordan Brooks to keep up his play as well. How tough is that uh, when you have to take over for a longtime guy who had been doing it all? I mean, (laughs) Jordan Brooks got the benefit of Bobby Wagner. I mean, Jordan's a great player in his own right. But when Bobby Wagner was taking so much of calling plays, taking the bulk of the attention of the opposing team, Mm -hmm. what's this process been like for Jordan to learn to step into that role? I mean, it's a responsibility that Jordan wants. It's a a responsibility that he got drafted for. You got drafted in the first round. We, We knew that when he got drafted there, you are going to be the guy. You are going to be that guy that's going to lead this football team for the next few years. And when you watch him on the football field, he is a presence in the middle of that team. He's done a phenomenal job getting everyone lined up. A phenomenal job getting everyone on the same page. A phenomenal job making all his tackles. And we just look at Jordan Brooks and he keeps growing, keep developing, keep increasing his football IQ. He's going to be one of those guys that you talk about for a long time. When you talk about the Loaf of the Tupus, the KJ mm-hmm. Wrights, you're going to have to put Jordan Brooks' name in that same conversation. All right, uh, give me an X factor, guys. Someone that maybe under the radar, maybe is not the okay. Ken Walker's obvious. Geno Smith, you know, those are the skill position guys mm-hmm. we've seen. So either on defense or offense, who's a guy that could really pop over these final seven games? I'm, I'm you know, what I'm looking for. I'm, I've been looking for pretty much all. Season. I'm looking for that 
that backup running back that give us that spark. Mm-hmm. Like you, you see how, how the Cowboys have with Zeke and Tony, Tony Pollard, how the Niners have it with Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. I'm looking for someone to come in when Kenneth Walker goes out and just gives you like, a okay, this guy, we can't take a break on this guy. We cannot take a break. When this guy comes in, we have got to be alert. And I'm looking for Shane Waldron in, in particular to get – that backup guy going. We know what Kenneth Walker can do. We've seen him put up 100-yard games, get in the end zone. I need for when the next guy comes in, we find creative plays, whether it's a screen, whether it's a fly sweep, whether it's something to get that spark going to where the defense has to be aware at all times who's in that backfield. And okay. So, I don't, yeah, Brock, you, who do you think? You know, I like I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you offense and defense. And defense, and you're going to like this one. Because and it's consistent with these forty minutes in this theme. It's got to be Daryl Taylor. Oh, like, absolutely! Come on, Daryl. Like now, now it's go time. I know you had a little hip and a little bit banged up, and I know the scheme early on. He was taking on too many blocks and, and too much play. Bruce has come in here, and Brucey Bruce has done his job and more. Uchenna, as you said, has been phenomenal. Okay, Daryl, now you're playing at home. And now you get in rush situations. He's got three sacks this season. I would love to see five sacks in these final seven games. I'd love to see his imprint off the ball at home make a mark. And against, at times, some some slappy competition. The Rams' O-line is terrible. Carolina's O-line is terrible. An opportunity for him. The Raiders are pretty good, and they're going to pound the football, make it hard. But I would love to see that guy show up in big ways. Brock, at some point, you just got to get mad as a football player. Here I am. You called me to be the guy, and here I am on the bench. You put me on the bench. You bring in Bruce Irvin, who's a phenomenal player. But sometimes you just when you get out there, you just got to be pissed off. You got to be pissed off at practice. You got to be pissed off in the game. You just got to go take what you want. And so, like, I totally agree with Dale Taylor. He has the tools, but I'm looking for that grit to rise. I'm looking for that anger to show up on the football field because he has the tools. But that factor, I need to see more out of him. Okay, now, now let's shift a little gears, and let's get to this Sunday in particular. Right, this will be the last time we're on the air, and, and folks get to start watching what three NFL games tomorrow. It feels like forever since we've gotten to see the Seahawks. <laughs> feels and they, like forever. Yeah, and they've yeah. been at home, and so they're going to be there at home. You know the Raiders inside and out. You know this roster. I know it's a new coach and, and some new, new faces, obviously, but Max Crosby was there last year. Carr was there last year. Josh Jacobs was there last year. These were teammates of yours, KJ. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about this Raiders team as you've watched them this year struggle in all these one-score losses. What are the Seahawks up against Sunday? Well, I I know these players really well, and I know that the Raiders have no quit in them. Whether they have three, three, four wins, I believe that this team is going to come ready to play. They're going to come ready to roll. They got a little bit of momentum with their big overtime win. Um, last week against the Broncos, and so they're going to come in here ready to put on another fantastic performance. Um, you saw Devontae Adams had over 100 yards. You saw Josh Jacobs had over 100 yards, and so this offense can be explosive. And um, I disagreed a little bit with Malcolm. If, if I'm if I'm Seattle, I'm blitzing Derek Carr right up yeah. the middle. I'm 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 getting him moving. I'm because he yeah. he stands back there like a statue. So I'm trying to blitz this guy straight up the middle, make him get the ball out. Wherever Devontae Adams is, Quandre, you're to his side. Quandre, go to the side of um, of Devontae Adams. We're going to cloud this guy. We're going to double-team this guy. Somebody else is going to have to beat us. It would not be number 17. And so we'll see. You got Max Crosby going against uh, the rookie right tackle. Abraham. It's, it's, it's some yeah. matchups out here. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm really looking forward to see how they come out in particular. Got to stop number 17. 
Yeah, I think it maybe goes under the radar because the Raiders' record is three and seven, and they don't really. It seems like all right. Well, what's going on there? But they've been in every game, and Pete Carroll. Well, he certainly talked about Devontae Adams, but he also had some praise for how Derek Carr keeps them in games. He, he can throw everything. He really can throw everything. He's had you know prolific years, one right after another. He's the real deal. Uh, all the downfield stuff, all the quick stuff, on the move. He's in the pocket, out of the pocket. It doesn't matter for him. Um, really accurate thrower, and he moves well too. He, he when he takes off, he he's got enough jets there that he can make some yards and hurt you when he scrambles. So, but he's you can see him with the big time players that he throws to that they can make things happen, and they, it doesn't have to be wide open. He can put the ball in really tight places and and, and make plays. So, um, you don't really ever have him. You know, he he can finish games and plays and in a and, in big time way. And, you know what? The keyword Coach Carroll says is when he moves. Mm-hmm. I've seen some games when Derek is <laughs> looking like um, RG3, his rookie year, and like Derek got some wheels on him. And some games I've seen, he's standing back there like Big Ben, looking like a big statue back there. And so it depends on what Derek Carr decides to show up. Mm-hmm. I've seen him put up a lot of points. I've seen up him, like you, you saw him when he played the Saints. He put up, what, three points? And so yep. guy that's been up and down a lot. We need to make sure that we get him off the spot, make sure we blitz him, make sure he gets those happy feet back there. And, um, yeah, it depends on what Derek Carr decides to show up. And on the flip side, how do you attack this defense? You, you got the edges, right? Chandler Jones, they sign. And, and while the numbers don't look great as far as sacks, he's still still a dangerous long player that seems to squeeze the pocket. He and Crosby can squeeze mm-hmm. the pocket. You saw last week who the middle linebacker came back and just when he pulls the trigger, Didn't that guy, him. oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He is an explosive sucker when he's right, and when he sees it, he goes. How do you attack that crew on that side? I, I believe that this will be a very explosive pass game for Geno Smith. I just look at this secondary. You know, you have Trey Merrick back there. I'm, I'm trying to attack these linebackers. I'm trying to play action these linebackers, get the run game going, and just find a way to isolate these guys. I'm going to put DK at number three, get in the empty formation, isolate DK against Denzel Perriman, put him in the red zone. Who do you think should win that matchup? I love Denzel, but I'm, I'm going with a 6'4 receiver over over Denzel Perriman. And so there's a lot of matchups that can be exposed as far as our offense. And so you got to chip Max Crosby. When it comes to protections, chip this dude. I believe he has, what, nine sacks, I think I saw. He has something, mm-hmm. he has something crazy. Yeah. And so chip this guy. Don't leave Abrams out there isolated with him. And um, But a lot of can be ex- exposed, especially on the back end when it comes to this Raiders secondary. We're going to have a little fun here in just a minute, KJ. And we're going to talk a little Thanksgiving. Uh, some of the robust food that we're all going to eat. <laughs> I got seven Seahawks. It's going to be a fun. You, you want to do this now? Not right this second. Sorry. I got one more football we question. we got to let him build up to it. <laughs> yeah, I got okay. one more just X's and O's, fun football that I learn every week. Frankly, I steal your stuff. I use it on Saturdays, KJ. Yeah. Things like shock and shed you uh-huh. know, that, that are now in my lexicon. <laughs> I feel like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> thanks to you. But we're going to have fun with seven Seahawks that told us their favorite Thanksgiving item. See how well you know them. But before that. Devontae Adams, I, you know, as an offensive guy, like you said, I'd love to sit in the offensive meetings. Like as an offensive guy, I love how the best play callers move their pieces around. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let that defense dictate. And you say, oh, we're going to just double Devontae everywhere he goes. You got to double him. Well, how do you do that when he plays in the slot? How do you do that when they get in bunch formation? How do you do that when he motions in and out of the backfield? How can you actually do that? defensively, if offensively, they're consistently moving him. 
we had a game plan years ago. We was playing the Vikings, and we had we we came up with this special package. It was like a bandit package: three D linemen, one linebacker, and the rest um, are DBs. And what we had we had a call like Star um, Thielen or Star um, Diggs. This game got to be Star Adams, Star Seventeen, anywhere he is. I don't care who it is. Quandre, you have him, and Tariq, you have him, or whoever you want it to be. I don't care if this man is lined up in the backfield at number three and number two. You two guys have him. One guy play outside, one outside and low. Other guys play inside and high. And so there is a way where you can get creative. And other okay. guys, cat coverage. This cat got that cat. And so there's ways you can get creative. You can drop a D lineman. Let's say you want to play a zone or cover two. Hey, let's go drop. Lurk 17. There's different ways you could find him on the football field to where you emphasize this guy is a dynamic player. This guy can beat us. He is the best receiver in the game. Let's take him away. And so the game plan has got to be flawless. It seems simple to me, but we'll see what, what they come mm. out with to try to slow him down. Yeah, it's mm. going to be a fascinating matchup. Probably the matchup to watch because a couple other weapons are hurt. No Hunter Renfro, no Darren Waller. So it's yep. uh, it's Adams versus the Seahawks defense, and yep. we'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, Brock, I know you want to start this game. We got an important programming announcement, though, oh, oh. involving KJ what? because, listen to this, everyone. Don't miss your chance to see KJ at Muckleshoe Casino in Auburn this Sunday, November what? 27th, from <laughs> 6 to 8 p.m., and not only that... KJ's doing a Q&A hosted by our very own Maura Dooley. And then uh, you're going to take some photos there, of fans. Please, please come. I get nervous doing events like this. I'm like, is anyone really? going to show up? Or is anyone going to come see me? <laughs> Guys, please show up. Let's have some fun. Sunday nights. I get nervous huh. every single time. I put on any event, any football camp. I'd be nervous. All right, show up so KJ doesn't get nervous. <laughs> Make sure you come, Mike. All right, everyone come. I'll be there. All right. <laughs> That's Sunday night, you Monk said? Monk's Casino, Sunday, 6 after, to right 8, after the game. this right Sunday. Nice. All right. I'll okay. be there. Okay, we'll do that. All right, Brock, let's set up uh, this game we're going to play. It is Thanksgiving. It's football. It's going to be fun. So how do you want to do this with KJ? Well, how well does KJ know these Seahawks? Travel to Munich with them? We get the watches game show them, music. Watches them every week. Studies them like a Seahawk. But how well do you really know these guys? So seven different Seahawks, God's number, seven different Seahawks were asked their favorite dish on the Thanksgiving table. KJ, your job is to guess. Up first, rookie phenom, running back, rookie of the year, rookie of the month, excuse me, Ken Walker. Mm, Could be rookie of the year. Ken Walker was asked... What is your go-to on the Thanksgiving table? KJ Wright says... I'm going to say sweet potato pie. My favorite Thanksgiving dish is turkey. So cliche. Boring. know better. Young guy. Boring. Come on, KJ. <laughs> that guy's a that guy's a machine. Man, you should know like that. Turkey. Who likes turkey? Well, you're right. He's a machine. His taste buds have not progressed past that. That was the easiest one, by the way. And mm. now you're in trouble. I, I got to be honest with you. You're right, though. No one's favorite should be turkey. That's a great part of it, but I don't think it should be turkey. Your Next on the list from the U. We haven't seen him a lot this year. He's been banged up with the hamstring and groin and soft tissue issues. Artie, what is Artie? Artie Burns, cornerback. Artie, he looks like a dressing slash stuffing guy. Gotta be mac and cheese. Ah. Have a dinner without mac and cheese on there. 
Good one. That's a good one. Good, good one, Artie. Good one, good one, good one. Brock, this is a tough game. Gotta be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rude buzzer. Jeez. Well, let's see if we can get one out of seven. I, I'm, I think you can get one out of I can seven. Get one. Here's the rookie. The, here's the pterodactyl, Tariq Woolen. What do you think? He looks like a mashed potatoes and gravy guy. Mm. My favorite Thanksgiving dish got to be the rolls. I like to eat all the bread. <laughs> the, so the, the rookies have a very basic palate. You got turkey and rolls. Oh, my God. Bro, he was at UTSA. You think he had nice stuff in there? Uh, they got great barbecue in San Antonio. <laughs> he, got, he, got, he, got, he got the dinner rolls. <laughs> He's eating them carbs. Yeah. Okay, here we go. He's been in the league a little while. Your center, Austin Blythe. I'm gonna go him. Where's he? Where's he from? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go elk. He look probably probably eat some elk on Thanksgiving. <laughs> elk. That was Justin eats that on Thanksgiving. Uh, or some moose. Elk or he moose. He is from uh, what? Iowa. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely elk or moose. Midwest, Midwest boy. Or deer. Right. Yeah, one of them. One of them <laughs> wild animals. <laughs> My favorite Thanksgiving dish is any kind of casserole. Casserole. <laughs> Get out of here, bro. You're not from Iowa. All right, 0 for 4. I said, you got three three shots. I think you got one of these three. KJ's not coming back on if he goes Abe, 0 for 7. Abe Lucas is going to be tough at the end, but come on now. Phil Haynes, big Phil Haynes. Okay, okay I'm going to get one of them. I'm going to get come one on. of them. Come on. What's Phil like? I feel like, oh, he's a big guy. He likes to be full. Um, I'm, I'm going to go like some lasagna, something heavy, something carbs. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're up the right out. You. People have lasagna at Turkey KJ, or at Thanksgiving, KJ. Come on. Well, spaghetti. Let's go spaghetti. Final answer. Spaghetti at Thanksgiving. Spaghetti at Thanksgiving. Oh, this will be at my house tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Nice. Okay. 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 Let's you better believe it. My favorite Thanksgiving dish is a little controversial. Um, you know, I'm a little overweight, but uh, for like mac and cheese, mac and cheese. Uh, <laughs> oh, you were so. That's not controversial. What are you talking about? There are too many options. That's the problem. KJ, you're like, so close. Like right, multiple my, choice. Next, my next answer okay. is to go be turkey. Here we go. No, 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 no. Don't go turkey. Come on, Uncle Will. <laughs> Billy Bozeman. Will Disley. All right. Bumpus got this one right. Elf. Come on. No. Will Disley. He's from Montana. Yes. Yeah. He's eating. It's going to be deer, elk, moose. No. No, 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 no. I think Bump said it's the white man's dish on the table. Come on. Oh, oh. Come on. M mashed potatoes. Oh. oh. My favorite Thanksgiving dish would be green bean casserole. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Did you lose a lot of respect for right, the Seahawks in their food we're, case? We're up against it. You've got no right. chance with Abe Lucas. One to go. One for and the win. you got no chance. Where's Abe Lucas from? He's from uh, Everett, Everett, Washington. 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 Okay, I got it. I got it. Calamari, the, the right? State, the state fruit. He loves apple pie. Oh, it's close. Oh? Favorite Thanksgiving dish would probably be when you take everything and kind of mix it all together and then you eat it. There you go. You win. That's, like a that's everything. Impossible Te Technically, that's in there, right? The apple pie, you can mix it all together. Oh, well, thanks right. for trying. We got was... prizes. Uh, we got some prizes for you when you leave. That's a game you don't have to rolls. do next week. That's <laughs> <laughs> not really say rolls. That was... You're eating spaghetti tomorrow? I mean, spaghetti. Uh, my late night snack is going to be gumbo. Wow. And we're looking forward to that okay, one. Okay, I'm going to that Southern. Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
Speaking of unconventional, that sounds like a great Thanksgiving, though. Yes, KJ, we've got parting gifts for you in the back. You are a great contestant. We love you <laughs> each and every Wednesday. Can't wait to have you next week, too. Thank you, Brock. Thank you, thank you. I think what's going to happen is we're doing mean tweets next. KJ's going to send a mean tweet on the way out to Brock Good. after that game. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that next. Yeah, KJ, thanks as always. Uh, a great hour. We'll come back Enjoy and uh, do mean oh, tweets with Brock. Go see Sunday, too. Oh, yes, of course. Go see oh, the Sunday. Michael Shoot. Michael Shoot Casino with Mora, 6 to 8, this Sunday at Michael Shoot. I'll bring my Super Bowl ring. And some uh, gumbo, Ooh. maybe. No, no, just Super Bowl ring. All right, you can take pictures with him. More will be there. Q&A, Sunday, 6 to 8. We'll be back. More Brock and Salk here on Seattle Sports Station.